Well, yes, uh, good morning, everyone. It is uh, great to be here with you today and have the opportunity to share with you from God's Word and be part of your Summer of Love series. Uh, Mind sounding all good? No feedback or anything? Yeah, all good. And so today we're looking at Romans chapter 12. Emily's just uh, read that for us. And the first verse of this reading, verse 9, it says, Love must be sincere. And this verse, it reminded me of when Liz and I, when we first started dating. In June of 2020, I got a phone call uh, from my longtime friend Luke. And it seemed just like a regular phone call, just general chit-chat, back and forth, until uh, I'm about to hang up, we get to the end of the phone call, and he says, hold on, hold on, I actually, uh, don't hang up, I called you for a specific reason. And uh, he said, I feel weird even bringing this up, and you know, you don't have to say yes if you don't want to, uh, but uh, his wife, Sophie, she had a sister, and her name was Liz, and she was this great girl, and she was single, and... Um, you know, we might hit it off if we got in contact and we got to know each other. Only slight complication was uh, Liz was living in Canberra at the time and I was living in Adelaide. Uh, but despite the complexities of living in different cities, Liz and I, we agreed to get in contact and we started talking on the phone and a few weeks later, later I had the opportunity to go over to, uh, to Canberra, that's where my family is also, so I could uh, visit them and then we also had the opportunity to kind of meet up face to face and have an in-person date and uh, everything went very well, our uh, relationship, it started to grow and after, but then after a couple of weeks, I had to return back to Adelaide. And uh, we weren't sure when we were going to see each other again. Because as I'm sure you all remember, state border closures were a slight issue back in 2020, all those years ago. And this meant it was no longer possible for me to go to Canberra or for Liz to come and visit me in Adelaide. But then we discovered something. We realised a loophole in the system. The border between the ACT and Queensland was open and the border between South Australia and Queensland was open. So if we both went to Queensland, <laughs> you know, we could meet up and uh, spend some time there. So we decided to go to Brisbane for a weekend so we could see each other. We had a great weekend together, spending time with one another, getting to know each other better. And towards the end of our time in Brisbane, I started thinking I was having some pretty strong feelings for Liz. Maybe I should tell her that I loved her. And of course, it's a very nerve-wracking moment telling someone that you love them for the very first time. Those three little words, they're very significant, and you want to be sure that's how you really feel uh, when you say them. Don't want to say them lightly. And you're, you're also hoping, really, that when you say those three little words you hear those three little words back in return. And so I mustered my courage. I looked at Liz and I said, I love you. And she said, really? <laughs> yeah, uh, that wasn't exactly the response that I wanted to hear. But I took that really to be an expression of joyful surprise. But... But maybe Liz had been reading Romans chapter 12. Maybe she knew love must be sincere. She wanted to know if I really, genuinely, truly loved her. Because love, well, true love, it must be sincere. And here's the big idea for today, the main point that I want to take away uh, from today. If you want an example to follow, 
of what sincere, true love looks like, look to Jesus. So let me say that again. If you want an example to follow of what sincere love looks like, look to Jesus. And when we look at Jesus and when we look at this uh, chapter of Romans chapter 12, we see that sincere love, it has these three characteristics. Sincere love is dedicated, sincere love is different, and sincere love is good. Dedicated, different, good. So let's have a look at each of these three characteristics in turn. First off, sincere love is dedicated. So look with me again, Romans chapter 12, verses 9 to 13. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil, cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honour one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervour, serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, joyful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Well, these five verses, they're full of instructions, one after the other after the other, and they're each describing a different aspect of what it looks like to love sincerely. And we could go through this list methodically and we could spend time looking at each of these instructions individually. But what I'd like to do today is just to highlight what all these instructions, what they have in common. And so when you work your way through the list of these instructions and it stands out as a common factor that to follow all these instructions, it requires a great deal of energy, a great deal of commitment and a great deal of enthusiasm. In summary, to follow these instructions requires a great deal of dedication. And it's because loving sincerely is not just a one-time thing. To love sincerely requires repeated efforts. To use the words found in the scripture, sincere love, it requires devotion. That's an ongoing commitment. Sincere love requires patience and faithfulness. Again, these are things that are expressed over time. And sincere love requires zeal and fervour. Let us say passion, enthusiasm. And uh, like uh, many, of you, many of you, I'm sure, we've just been on Christmas holidays uh, recently. It's a great time away with our families and we each got to spend plenty of time uh, and they got to spend plenty of time in the newest little addition to our family, which of course they all loved. Uh, she was very much the centre of attention. And often when my dad uh, was playing with and holding Zoe, uh, she would kick her legs back and forth very excitedly, back and forth. And so much so that uh, my dad, uh, he started calling her the little energizer bunny. <laughs> because she was behaving like the bunny in those commercials for the batteries. Uh, that according to the ads, they're super long lasting. They just provide energy just to go and go and go and go. And that's what her little legs were like. And for us, if we want to be people who love sincerely, we need to be people who operate like their batteries are at full charge. People who are energised, people who are committed, people who are dedicated. Now, that doesn't mean going at full speed 100% of the time, doing the biggest, most extravagant things possible. 
It does mean, it doesn't mean that we have to do all the same things, each copying one another, because we all have different capacities, we're at different stages of life, we have different gifts and abilities. But loving sincerely, what it does look like, it looks like making an effort to do the small things and to do them often, to show kindness today, to be patient today, to be hospitable today, and then to do it again tomorrow and the day after that, and next week, and next month, and next year, and so on. And anyone who knows me just a little bit knows that I like my sports. And just about any sport, what separates the really great players from just the average players, it's not their ability to do the eye-catching, extraordinary things, but rather it's their ability to do the basic things, the ordinary things, but to do them more often and to do them to the same standard, more regularly than anyone else does them. That's what separates the great players from the average players, just about any sport. And it's also what separates fake love from real love, insincere love from sincere love. Because it's easy enough to fake an act of love once. Or it's even easy enough just to be genuinely kind, just to do that once, to be patient once, to be hospitable once. Those things are easy. But to do those things over and over again takes sincerity and it takes genuine, real love. And if we return to our main point, it's this type of dedicated, committed love that we see Jesus demonstrate. So very often, he's patient with his disciples as they struggle to comprehend and struggle to understand what he's teaching them. And throughout his ministry, he regularly found times to go and be with, to spend time with uh, those who are in need, those who are sick and those who are on the outcasts and on the margins of society. And he did all of that with compassion and enthusiasm and sincerity. So first of all, sincere love is dedicated. Secondly, sincere love is different. Well, how is sincere love different? Let's look at the next section of our passage, verses 14 to 17. Verse 14, it says, Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. Well, sincere love is different because sincere love takes the different option, the opposite option, the hard option, rather than the easy way of doing things. To curse those who persecute you, who cause you harm, well, that's the easy option. It's much more difficult to bless those who are causing you pain. To rejoice with those who rejoice, that's not always an easy thing to do. Sometimes we're proud or sometimes we're jealous. And that can get in the way when we see that other people, they're rejoicing over blessings that we really wish that we had. And it's 
not always easy to spend time, it is easy, sorry, to spend time with people who are similar to us. You know, they can repay a favour if we show them kindness, hospitality towards them. It's much more difficult to spend time with people who are different from us, people who are down on their luck and they have no way of repaying any form of kindness that we show to them. Yet it's in doing these things, which are not easy, that it's in doing them that that's where we see what makes sincere love so different. And it's this different kind of love that Jesus had, as he both talked the talk and he also walked the walk. And with regards to talking the talk, now this section on love in Romans chapter 12 Uh, might sound familiar to you. It echoes the teaching that Jesus gave in the most famous of his sermons, the Sermon on the Mount. You can find very similar teaching to this in Matthew chapter 5 and Luke chapter 6. And it's in those chapters, in that Sermon on the Mount sermon, Jesus, he teaches his followers that they're to love their enemies. And all the catchphrases that we know, they're to turn the other cheek, they're to go the extra mile. They're to pray and to bless for those who persecute them and mistreat them. Jesus called his followers to a higher standard of love, a standard of love different from the standard of love that so often we see in the world around us, which is just a standard of loving those who love us, which, as Jesus points out, that's actually a really low bar. And then, of course, Jesus, he didn't just talk the talk in giving this teaching, but he also then backed it up and he walked the walk. Even in the midst of his violent persecution, Jesus prayed for the forgiveness of those who were executing him. He said, forgive them, Father. They don't know what they're doing. And of course, it is in the sacrificial act of his death that we see the different love, the sincere love of Jesus most clearly demonstrated. As it says in Romans chapter 5, verses 6 to 8, you see at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrated his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners... Christ died for us. I think this is one of the many, many wonderful things about the Christian faith. It's that Jesus, as our Saviour and our Lord, he doesn't ask us as his followers to do anything that he himself was not prepared to do. He says, love your enemies, just as I loved you when you were my enemies. And he says, love sincerely, love differently, love to a higher standard than you see around you. Because that's how I loved you. Jesus has shown us sincere love that is dedicated. Jesus has shown us sincere love that is different. And continuing on to our third point, Jesus has shown us sincere love that is good. In the final section of Romans chapter 12, verses 17 17 through to 21, they say, Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. 
Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him a drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Do not be overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good. Paul, the author of Romans, he gives these instructions because he knows that evil and violence, they tend to escalate and become all-consuming. Every time evil is returned for evil, its life is extended, hatreds and fears are reinforced, and usually a chain reaction of retaliation is set in motion and it has no end. And when people, when they seek to overcome evil with their evil actions, invariably and inevitably, it is evil that ends up engulfing them. But for us, as people who know, as people who have experienced and people who continue to experience the love of Jesus, we are to be engulfed in sincere love. Sincere love that seeks what is right, And sincere love that seeks what is good. Not just what feels good in the moment like revenge often does. Rather, we trust that God is good, that he is just. And the day is coming when all of us have to give an account of our actions to him. And we trust that he is the judge and he knows each person's heart. So then for us, what does this type of sincere love, this good love that does not seek revenge but rather seeks good, what does this type of love look like in modern-day Australia? Let us consider the example of Andrew Thorburn. Well, just a few months ago, at the start of October last year, Andrew Thorburn, he was announced as the new CEO of the Essendon Football Club. But then less than 24 hours later, he was forced to resign from his position as CEO because his beliefs as a Christian and his position as chair on the board of his church uh, in Melbourne, City on a Hill, those uh, beliefs were supposedly not in alignment with Essendon's values as a safe, inclusive, diverse and welcoming football club. Now, it would have been easy for Andrew to compromise on his beliefs in order to keep his job, to keep his position. Also would have been uh, easy to kind of for Andrew to run his mouth, to publicly shame the football club, uh, point out the hypocrisy of not being included in a workplace because he held views that are diverse from a workplace that says it's inclusive and diverse. But he didn't do that. But it may have been tempting to see what legal action he could pursue. And rather than doing any of these options, rather than doing what was easy, I think that Andrew Thorburn did what was good. He didn't compromise on his beliefs... And in his public statement in response to his resignation, it was gracious and there was a steadfast witness to the sincerity of his faith in his Lord. I'll read a short section of the public statement uh, in which Andrew says, My faith is central to who I am. Since coming to faith in Jesus 20 years ago, I've seen profound change in my life. 
and I believe God has made me a better husband, father, and friend. It has also helped me become a better leader. That's because at the centre of my faith is the belief that you should create a community and care for people because they are created by and loved by God and they have deep intrinsic value. Now, while you and I were not in the public eye in the same way, we might not hold such high-profile positions as CEOs of football clubs, uh, but this example does demonstrate how uh, Christians in Australia, in the modern time, how we can experience discrimination in a workplace for holding views that are contrary to the popular culture. My gut feeling is that instances like this with Andrew Thorburn they're just going to become more common. And so my application for you to consider today is, how will you respond in this type of situation if, or maybe when, it does occur? We have to ask ourselves, will I compromise to avoid the difficulty of the situation? Will I want to get even, to get justice, to get revenge? Will I be overcome by evil? Or will I overcome evil with sincere, good love? No doubt, it's a challenge not to take the easy way of doing things, but to take the hard option, to take the high road. Yet it is possible for us to love sincerely for two reasons. And first of all, God himself, he makes it possible for us to do this through renewing our minds, through the power of his word, through the guidance and the leading of the indwelling Holy Spirit, God transforms us from the inside out. And so that through this transformation, it's possible for us to love sincerely. And this transformation, it's described earlier in the chapter that we read today, Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. And then secondly, it's possible for us to display sincere love Sincere love that is good by once again looking to the example of Jesus and seeking to follow that example. Because when we look to the example of Jesus, we see, well, evil tempted Jesus when he was in the desert for 40 days being tempted by the devil. And evil tempted Jesus when he was betrayed by one of his closest friends, by one of his disciples on the night before his uh, eventual death. And evil tempted Jesus during his trial and uh, during his execution. He was repeatedly insulted and mocked. Yet he was not overcome. And for our sake, through his death and then his resurrection, he overcame evil with good. So Trinity Church Woodcroft, I leave you with this final exhortation. Let your love be sincere. Let your love be dedicated as you commit to doing the small things and doing them over and over again. Let your love be to a different standard, showing kindness and hospitality to those who have no way of repaying it. Let your love be good, the kind of good that overcomes evil. And if you do this in these ways, your love will be like the love of Christ, whose love for you is so wide and long and high and deep that it surpasses all knowledge. Amen? 
Uh, Let me pray and then I'll invite Alex to continue in prayer. Uh, Heavenly Father, we just give you thanks that you are characterized uh, by love. You are love and you uh, love us with dedication. Uh, You love us to a higher standard uh, than anyone ever has. And you love us with such goodness that it overcomes evil. Uh, You loved us when we were your enemies. Uh, We ask uh, for your help, the Holy Spirit, to transform us, to guide us, to lead us, so that we are people who are characterised by love, the people who sincerely love one another, uh, who show the world a different standard of love. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.